for the Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation eBook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. You can also learn more by watching episode 62 of the Patriot Review. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. I'd like to welcome to the Patriot Review Mr. Robert Ralph. Robert is running for Wisconsin Senate District 27. Robert, welcome to the Patriot Review. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. It's an it, honor. It, it's an honor for me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I know that, you know, uh, we're going to just allow you to introduce yourself here and talk a little bit about your uh, past, what's led you to this point in your life where you are standing up and wanting to actually participate in the political system and, and, and again and uh, represent the state of Wisconsin in the, in the Wisconsin Senate? Well, I've been a, um, I've been a person that has been a doer all my life, and I've been a person that's always liked to be involved, especially in important issues. And in, I grew up in the state of Wisconsin. Um, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, um, all my life. And I grew up behind a fire station, um, a small fire station in Madison, um, right behind station number five. And I was able to be a participant. That was where I kind of grew up. I was a little kid and going over to the station, um, I it kind of really made me take a big interest in it. When I graduated high school from Madison, Wisconsin, um, I went through the fire academy, uh, became a firefighter. I was a firefighter for 17 years until I ended up with some heart issues that led me to where I couldn't do that anymore. Um, they're all fixed now, of course, but after um, some 
good intervention by my cardiologist, but uh, all cleared now. Um, then I ended up um, working for the Madison Metropolitan School District as a safety and security coordinator. It's kind of a, some districts will call it a dean of students. The school district at that time sent me to different schools that needed cleaning up. And school districts that had issues with uh, several different things, whether it be gangs or truancy, uh, violent uh, acts, that sort of stuff. Um, and so I started out at a middle school and then I eventually went to a high school, one of the biggest high schools in Madison. And when I got there, it was a mess. Um, I was there for 19 years uh, as a basketball coach. I coached uh, for 19 years as well. Oh. And um, we had a lot of success there. But going back to the school district portion, I cleaned up Madison East. We had it to where the teachers were running the school again rather than the students running the school. The truancy level rate came down. Um, students were actually going to class. We imagine uh, that. We yeah exactly. <laughs> I uh, I took the gang issue head on with the Madison Police Department, and with that, I got involved and embraced myself with them to find out why at their age, why did they want to become a gang member? Why did they want to gang bang? Why did they want to cause trouble? Why did they want to, you know, feel the necessary need to go out and do that? When talking to some of these kids, it took maybe five minutes to find out from others, you know, from them that, well, I wanted to be, I really wanted to grow up and be a welder, or I really wanted to grow up and be an auto mechanic. So getting them off the street corner and getting them in the school to actually learn and to actually participate in class, get a diploma, serve and go to technical school or a community college or something of that nature, or just to learn a trade, a skill, yeah. hanging out on the street corner. Um, was a was a big accomplishment and it was something that I took great pride in we um, so let's let's take that uh, let's take that and compare it to today or let me pick your brain about what's happening today in America and our schools you you are you are in my opinion you're talking about really an issue of of family and whether or not some of these kids, you know, have a one-parent household and the parents too busy to, to to help them realize their goals themselves. And in, in today's world, I mean, we have, you know, an FBI that is saying that if you're a mom and you go to the school board meeting and you, you know, say something that they don't like, well, you are a domestic terrorist. And in Colorado, there's even been, you know, the FBI busting down, literally busting down mom's doors. Um, what is your stance on uh, uh, Wisconsin specifically, the education system, parents' rights? Uh, what can Wisconsin parents expect from you 
by way of support to allow them to have you know the main voice in steering their children's education well i think that's a great question right now we have the issue with the critical race theory obviously mm -hmm. and with that we've got you know in some states um there's third graders fourth graders getting taught sex education mm -hmm. i don't think that needs to come from a third or fourth grade teacher whether it be a male teacher female teacher i just don't think it needs to come from that at that grade level i think that that needs to be taught at home i think that more things uh, need to come from the home and therefore i really believe that the way the education system is going right now which needs a lot of work i think that parents should have a voice and their voice should be heard in the education system the way it stands because it does need to be fixed it mm -hmm. does need to be a, a great deal we're teaching kids rather than arithmetic and history and science we're teaching kids socialism and we're teaching them the wrong you know the wrong way and my father was a teacher for 47 years um in the in the in a public school di district uh near madison and he never he was you out of those 47 years you never knew if he was a republican or democrat and i don't think that that should play a role in education right. yes i agree so teaching a, teaching a kid how to what the election process is that's different but teaching them how to vote or which way to vote or which views to look at that i think is wrong i think that that is something that the student we should prepare them for mm -hmm. once they become an adult at the age of 18 when they actually can vote so let me ask you two questions number one uh if if um you are senator and parents ask you questions as to uh you know is there a, an acceptable point in a child's education where they can learn about say gender issues or the sexuality are you saying that the problem is that it's not age appropriate at the level that they're being taught these things or are you saying it doesn't belong in education at all and it should be really the parents who are who are educating their children on these things well i think that it's kind of it runs twofold i think it should be done both ways you know obviously my father sat down with me and had the talks about the birds and bees you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. probably like most most parents did um but in the school district we also were taught you know about the reproductive system we were taught at the right age i believe right you know he entered puberty and i think i was 12 or 13 at the time um so i but, think what you're saying is there there are some topics that probably are just beyond the beyond the the, the level level or limit of what should be being taught in our schools period but the more traditional uh, uh, sex ed type of things that maybe we were raised with 
are are okay. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. So then my next question is, uh, really, first of all, I have to say it as a statement. One thing I've noticed across the country is that uh, education is focusing on the collective. Everything is about community and everything is about uh, equity. Everybody should get the same amount of stuff. Everybody should. So that's definite Marxism that's being taught in our schools. And, you know, the the individual and the liberties of the individual are, are not even really uh, discussed in a, in a lot of school districts across the country. And I think there's some worse than than Wisconsin out there, but I think that's an issue here as well. Uh, how do you how do you think you address, you know, going back to teaching about equality versus equity and really uh, driving home the point that, you know, we all have equal treatment under the law and we're, we're all free individuals. Um, are there are there things that you think the government, the state government plays a role in, in ensuring that that's the type of content our kids are learning? Well, I definitely think that that's a, that's a big issue. And here in Wisconsin, we've got a governor that was a state superintendent before he became governor. And I know for a fact that, you know, working in the school district, they were, we struggled with that early on when our governor was state superintendent and then took it a step further as governor. So going back and trying to unwind some of the things that have been done is going to be a task, mm -hmm. but I think it's unachievable. And you had, you have primary experience. Uh, you had mentioned to me uh, earlier that you were part of the Trump campaign, the Trump Pence campaign, and then you have some additional experience in the past. Do you want to touch on that at all? I was a assembly district chair for the Republican Party of Dane County during that time from 14 through the Trump campaign. And I then, I sat on the executive committee and now serve as the finance, I'm not a assembly district chair anymore. Um, I served as just a kind of a fill-in at, at large at the time because the person that was there had to step out. So gotcha. when I in and took that role, I did for a limited term. After but you, that, but you've, had, what's that? But you had some experience in, uh, in shall we say, the government sector, you know, and um, so this isn't new to you as if you're coming in and you don't kind of know the avenues of, of, of how to go about things, right? I mean, you're, you feel comfortable with that? Right. Absolutely. So your website is uh, Robert Ralph R L R E L P H uh, for con uh, for Senate, right? And Correct. I'm going to put that on real quick. Um, so this is what it looks like, folks. I'll have the link to this down in the description. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the issues that you highlight. So we talked about the first one: parental control, schools, etc. Um, 
what about uh, small business and farms? What can what can your constituents expect from you in that area? Well, we've got federal dollars. We've got millions and millions of dollars that come into the state annually. And here in my district, which is one of the most important districts in the state next to Milwaukee County, it's been a prominently Democratic district for 24 years. Um, the incumbent that I was facing dropped out and has seeked to be non-reelected and I'm facing a different opponent now. But as I, you know, have watched over the years, we're getting less and less and in we can not necessarily yes, we can blame some of it on the pandemic, but this was even happening prior pandemic. We have family farms that get taxed uh, to the point where they can't afford to pass their f small family farm down to generation to generation to generation. They don't get the assistance that allows them to be able to continue and that, and that folds back into small business. Our small businesses right now are getting choked to the point where they can't keep the doors open. And I think that we need to hone in on that because without those small businesses, and it could be anything from a small restaurant, it could be a small mechanic shop, it could be a small plumbing business. Those are all skills and trades and not every, some of the, the people running for office right now at different levels are focusing on, my opponent is focusing on higher education. Mm -hmm. uh, not every kid is gonna go to school to be a lawyer and not every kid is gonna go to school to be a doctor or a teacher. Right. We need those. We need those middle class trades. Well, I was a uh, I was in safety and environmental compliance and industry and distribution and food production, and I can tell you from experience that what did we have a shortage of? We had no shortage of people with college degrees. We had a shortage of people with maintenance knowledge. We had welders shortages. We had you know all those trade um, all those trade skills. And it, 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 of course, made us pay much more. It made us have to compete and, and, and give uh, these folks ongoing education and their skill set, you know, and it, it was really, really tough for all of the businesses that I was ever part of to really keep that need filled. So I think you really hit on something with that one. And, you know, I think that uh, that's a, that's definitely an issue that's important to the businesses. I think of any size. You you talked about small business, but of any size in the state, I think that that's that's a critical need for them. So I'm glad that you're on that page. Uh, so let's take another uh, let's take another look at your website here and talk about the public safety and back the blue. Now we were all of us have seen. Uh, over the past summer, the violence and the destruction that, um, you know, a lot of the blue state and blue city uh, leaders just kind of let happen. Uh, 
And, you know, as opposed to, and I want to link these two things and get your, get your stance on January 6th, because, you know, uh, talk about uh, in, in uh, unequal treatment under the law, uh, we have that summer with BLM and Antifa, and then we have what happened in January 6th, and nobody condones busting, busting the Capitol and, uh, you know, being violent. Um, but uh, what is your message to your voters when it comes to, to law enforcement and the equal treatment under the law that's required by our Constitution? Well, one of the things that we're starting to see is we're starting to see crime rise in not just urban areas, but rural. And people, you, what I've heard, you know, talking to people out in the public is we moved out to this small community because we, we thought that we would feel safer. We thought that we would not have our car broken into. We thought that we would not have our house broken into and robbed in broad daylight. And a lot of those things are happening. Uh, Madison right now just recently hired a new police chief, Chief Barnes. I had a meeting with him last week. Um, he's not from here. He's not from Madison. Um, he replaced a really good police chief, Mike Koval. I've always had the I've always had the stance that let let the person that you hire to do the job do the job. If a mayor or a governor thinks that they can be a better police chief and police the city better and make it better, then they're in the wrong position. Then they need to be wearing the gold badge. Mm -hmm. What's happening now is you're finding that the police not only a police chief, but our police, our policemen that are patrolling the streets, they're almost patrolling the streets with one hand tied behind their back. And it's making them really hard. It's really making it hard for them to do their job when basically it starts at the top. The mayor is telling them, the police chief, what, you know, and how to patrol and how, you know, who not to arrest and who to arrest and that sort of thing. And what we're finding is that when, as it rolls downhill, I've talked to several law enforcement agencies and they're finding more and more early retirements. Sure. Or people just jumping ship to the private sector. Yeah, who could blame them? I mean, because... I <laughs> I think the veterans would say, I think the veterans would define that as, I think the veterans would define that as, uh, you know, you put us out in the streets, but the terms of engagement are that we have to, <laughs> to not just, uh, can't do what we can't, we, we're supposed to do. And like you said, our hands tied behind our back, but, uh, so definitely. So you are a, uh, you are a proponent of, strong law enforcement in the sense of uh, just follow the laws we have and applying the justice equally, uh, fairly. So what is your opinion of how the January 6th, uh, what I think are, and this is just my opinion, folks, 
uh, political prisoners and how they're they've been treated and and what are your thoughts on that how do you how do you uh, come to terms with, with what's going on there well I think again here it's a it's a prime example of the Democratic Party pointing a finger and saying okay we're gonna make an example out of this and we're going to make sure that they get the strong arm of the law the we're going to make sure that we're going to set an example because who we think that it came from and but yet we've got people like jesse smollett who was served six days and then was let out on appeal um and yeah for, for yeah. basically what's a hate crime right Right, exactly. And, and, you know, I've got a big issue with hate crimes. I've got a big issue with false, uh, false hate crime. I think it's a false hate crime is a hate crime. And I think that those should be dealt with just as just as heavily, I mean, you know, it, it attracted just as much attention, it, 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 it created tension. And when you talk about, you know, and we as Republicans um, or anybody that stands for the Republican Party anymore, we're the ones that are labeled the racist or the terrorists. And I think that's wrong. I think that's completely, uh, a completely unfair. I think that it's... It's one of the reasons, it's one of the reasons why I'm sitting in this chair because... Uh, when your country, when the when the, the so-called leaders, the elected officials, and and even more infuriating, the bureaucrats that aren't elected, when they start attacking people for being patriotic and having the values that this country was founded on, then we have a big problem. And I know, you know, as you uh, talked in the opening. Um, you believe that a person needs to get involved at the local level, and that's kind of why you're you're here. And uh, you know, local and state level involvement is important for for every citizen. And you know, it's um, it's it, it needs a it needs a foundation to be built upon. However, and that's part of the the public safety and the policing issue. So uh, I think we're in agreement on that one as well. Um, now the big one, the big one. Now two days from now, there's, uh, you know, evidence is going to be shown at the Capitol uh, of voter uh, fraud, basically straight out voter fraud of people stuffing ballot boxes. And this is on video and there is uh, cell phone tracking. It's for anybody who hasn't seen Dinesh D'Souza's uh, 2000 uh, mules that will be coming out very soon. You should check that out. And a trailer for it and that's that's what we saw here in wisconsin as, as far as what this evidence will show us we saw people stuffing these ballots um so here we are in the Re republican party and we have those folks that say uh it's over get over it move on and then we have those that say uh we don't move on from the biggest crime that's ever took taken place in in the united states of america this has to be addressed it has to be brought to light and it has to be uh, fixed. So, you know, there's a there's a kind of a, a line there from one side to the other. Um, what I know you haven't 
uh, seen all this because it's coming out in two days. But what is your opinion of how voter integrity needs to be managed in Wisconsin? Well, for one, I think that we need to do away with, I think we made, my opinion is, I think we need to make it easier for people to vote, but harder to cheat. And I think what has happened is, and we blame it on the pandemic, but you could go in several places that weren't even considered a polling place and you could vote you could vote in a park you could vote on a street corner there were several places that you could vote just down the street from my office one block there's a big ballot box that's still sitting there um and the camera on my phone is better than the camera that's on that voting box. And that's supposed to be apparently the the policing of that box that validates that box. It it, it happens, you know, in the nursing homes. Mm -hmm. I think that we've come a long way in a short period of time to try to correct that issue here in Wisconsin. And it, you know, we went from 47 poll workers that were trained poll watchers, uh, conservative, to over 318. And that's just in the Dane County area for this next election. I, my concern is just what you stated was it's okay for one party just to say, well, we'll sweep it under the rug and get past it. But then when it comes to an issue that we bring up, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a non-issue, you know, we're supposed mm -hmm. to overlook it. But, you know, if we were to do the same thing, we would be crucified. Mm -hmm. And, sure. you know, so, I love Wisconsin. I love where I'm from. I love America. I think it's one of the best countries that in the in the world. I think that we offer so many things to so many people. But the problem that we're facing is it's becoming a free-for-all and it's also becoming to the point where this cancel culture comes in and if they don't, just because they don't like you or they don't like something, they'll find a way to get rid of it. Right. It, it's, uh, it, I say that, you know, if our children behaved like our, some of our politicians do, uh, especially at the national level, you know, <laughs> it'd be sent to bed without dinner, right? Or, right. or something. I mean, it's embarrassing the way that these people behave, you know honesty um so <clears throat> also mentioned with this issue you you have the the zucker bucks the the big uh dumping of funds into uh elections which far far surpassed the uh dollar caps right right uh, and yet nothing has happened in that area to that 
that uh, person, probably because of his political affiliation. Mm -hmm. um, what specifically are you talking about when you say Zuckerbuck ban? Well, just that. I don't think that an issue like this, when you have a person that pours money into a state that that's that person has no affiliation to this state whatsoever but when you have an issue this broad and this big and this important and which needs to be handled at a court level needs to be handled at a legislation it needs to be handled by government but then we have monies and I'm not talking a small amount of money, but we have millions of dollars poured into the system to make sure, to ensure that nothing happens to it. That's where I think we need to draw the line. I don't think that there needs to be any outside influences into a matter this big. Mm -hmm. So let's look down the line and, and uh, say that you are elected and you're, you're in office. Um, do you do you vocally support uh, Trump if he runs? Um, where do you stand on on that issue going forward? Well, obviously, uh, being a Republican, I'll support it, uh, whoever makes it through the primary and whoever is, you know, running is gonna is going to run for president um, and be our uh, Republican uh, nominee. Um, you know, Trump did a lot of good things in his account. If we just look at it, if you just take a look at his accomplishments alone, he did more in four years that. I think any other president has been able to accomplish. And again, he was a he was a non-career politician. He you know, we yeah. needed at that time. And if if it wasn't Trump that stepped in, a person of his background in business and dealing with issues that has made him what he is is successful um who knows where we'd be right. so um you know like i said i i you know i i did work for the campaign spent some time with mike pence uh for a day um and had great conversations with him um but um would i support trump you know of course i i would um you know, I'd like to see those accomplishments. I think he's got even a harder task now mm -hmm. in rather than following the eight years of, uh, of Barack Obama. Well, don't you think the real reason he was attacked? I mean, these people all loved him. I mean, you know, he got awards. He was, you know, Whoopi Goldberg used to talk him up uh, and so on. And then, you know, he comes in and don't you think that they, they hate him because he basically challenged the status quo in the swamp and I mean, that's my my opinion of it well he came in with a you know he came in with a firm hand he came in with a stir stick and you know uh he stirred the pot and it was 
you know, one thing that will always stick in my mind, and I think it's one of the biggest reasons that I ran or am running for office, and our campaign is going great. We gain traction every week. But when Nancy Pelosi stood up behind him and ripped up the agenda yeah. after he gave the State of the Union address, at that point, I thought to myself, if that's what we're going to see on national television, on every station, if that's how a speaker is going to act when a president, no matter who it is. Now, if you could just picture it being the opposite way around. Yeah. yeah. You'd, especially if, if it was Obama, you'd be a, a racist immediately. Exactly. You'd yeah. be labeled, you'd be shunned, you'd be talked about for on every news channel. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Um, it's it was very for somebody that's supposedly um, representing uh, the house and being a speaker, being up on the main platform. We did see it. We, do that. Yeah, we did see it. Remember when uh, Barack Obama was giving the State of the Union? There was a Republican that called him a liar. Who spoke out loudly. That 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 is the. That is the example, also inappropriate, but they talked about it for weeks, you know, mm -hmm. and de demonized the guy and wanted to kick him out. And, you know, but Nancy Pelosi, I mean, they supported her in her action. And, and so, so yeah, you know, and that's, I, that kind of behavior, I think, is even creeped its way into uh, our state government as well. So certainly some some effort for some decorum is, is important, but uh, what are the things that you want to make sure to let the voters know uh, if we haven't covered them? I want to give you an opportunity to, to just speak uh, to what you want people to know. Well, one in my district in which I feel is like I told you before is one of the most important districts and influential districts in the state. I've met some great senators. We've got some great legislature that I've, that has supported me and came out and supported my race thus far and continues to help. And, and I really appreciate all of what they've done. Um, and um, which will hopefully be my colleagues uh, after November 8th. But one of the things that I want to do is I want to I want to make Wisconsin great again. I want to make our district great. The district that I have, I want to tell everybody that I've got their back. I don't have a closed door policy. Um, I want to know what their feelings are, what they feel that they need in their district. I want people to feel safe again. I want people to know that the police have their back 100%. I want to see crime decrease. And I also want to make sure that 
our election integrity, our education system, that their kids are at the playground and their kids that are running around in the yards. I want to make sure that they got a great education because I did. Back in the day, I did. I, I went to Madison School District K through 12. I had a great education. I had a fun time. And right now, I feel that there are parents that feel helpless. For sure. And they feel that they have no way out, that they're, they can't afford, some middle class families can't afford to go to and put their kid in a private school. Mm -hmm. They have to rely on public education because we've got families that are both, both they're both working. So they can't afford it, you know, for one parent to take off and homeschool. Right. So our public education system, I want to make sure that they know that I'm standing with them as a voice to fix those issues. Excellent. So, uh, again, folks, you can go to Robert Ralph for Senate com and check out the website you also have a button there to donate please go ahead and uh, do that we need really I and I'm you didn't say this I, I'll say it we need more America first candidates like Robert we need more people who think it's okay to have you know sovereignty and to have uh, pride in our country and Robert you have impressed me uh, not only this conversation, but the uh, the other conversations that we have have had. I think that's exactly where you are. Wish you the best of luck. I'd love to have you back. And uh, uh, if anybody's got any questions, you know, you can address them on Robert's website. You can uh, send them to me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. And uh, perhaps when I do have Robert back, we can uh, we can answer some of those. So. Thank you very much, sir, and I wish you the best of luck, and we'll we'll see you again soon. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being a part of the program, and keep up the good work, because just what you said, America first, we need to take care of our border, everything that in, inside of our border, um, for Amen. sure. Amen. Thank you. Hey Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products. I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all Patriots, including Mike Lindell, and our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800-519-9927. Again, that's 800-519-9927. Thank you and God bless. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty.